Hey, welcome to New River Church's podcast. We're really glad that you decided to join us today. We're in the middle of a series in the book of Song of Solomon, which is one of the most interesting books of the Bible, and we think that you will find it interesting too. If you're looking for some more information about New River Church, just check us out at newriverchurch.org. I want to share a word with you this morning. Um, my topic is, He has spoken. He has spoken. And my text is coming from St. Mark chapter 4. And I'm going to read from verses um, 35 to 41 from the New Living Translation. Um, he has spoken. And, and as I read this morning, um, I encourage you to be transported to, to the text, what is describing the setting there. Um, be transported there. Um, Jesus is going to be with his disciples in a boat on the Sea of Galilee, which is really a big lake, and there's going to be a storm. So as I read, and the storm starts blowing, feel the splash of water in your face. Yeah, uh, um, hear the hustle and bustle of those who are unable to get into the boat with Jesus, get into other small boats, and this, this entourage that's going to make its way to the other side. So I want you to, to engulf yourself in the Word of God. Go there, travel there to this, uh, um, this setting right here. And as we come this morning, I pray also, I pray also that you will not just want to get in, get it over with, and get out. Yes, so I'll I, I break that right now. Uh, how long is he going to take? No, no, don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah, I don't just want to get in, get it over with, and get out. Get in with God. Get in with God, and so that he fills you up and sends you out because somebody is waiting on you to be filled up with God and to share what you have received um, with them. Amen? Amen? So let's look at the text. Um, St. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41 from the New Living Translation. Hear what it says. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowd behind, although other boats followed. But, but soon a fierce storm came up. High winds were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Now, recognize this is not the Royal Caribbean or the Carnival of the Norwegian. This is not one of those crews. So this little boat, it's low, so this storm is blowing, so it started to fill up with water. So things are rocking. <laughs> but soon a fierce storm came up. High winds were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. His disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Amen. There are many voices in the world today speaking various things from 
the government, to the media, to the neighbor, to family and friends, everyone seemed to know what's best for you, how you should live your life. But it really doesn't matter what anyone says, because God has already spoken. His word should be our guide for our life. His word. In Psalm 119 and verse 105 from the New Living Translation, it says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So do you want direction for life? Trust in his word. Look to his word. Our text is the record of a fascinating story in this fascinating book called the Bible. The God of creation, the world, the whole world, had invaded his creation, becoming like his creation, becoming a man, while maintaining power over his creation, the God-man. Amazingly, the elements, nature, um, easily recognize and obey his voice more than the crown of his creation, man. Isn't that amazing? Things, nature, easily, quickly obey God more than the crown of his creation, man. So let's, let's look closer at our text today. And I have four points for you. Let's look closer at our text. Um, again, because I've read this text a long time ago, I want to refresh your memory with the two, two first verses here. Verse 35 and 36. It's been a while, so let's read it again. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, note this, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowd behind, although other boats followed. So point number one, point number one, for those of you who are taking notes, what he said. What he said. You ask, he who? I'm glad you asked. Jesus. What did Jesus say? Let's cross over to the other side. That's what he said, right? So they got him into a boat. Jesus is tired. Picture this. He has done a full day of teaching and preaching and healing on all those good stuff. He's tired. He's worn. What he wants is a rest, a break. He leaves the crowd and he's heading to sleep. And just before he goes to sleep, his command, his instruction, let's go to the other side. So they hoist the sails, um, hoist the anchor. I don't know if they had anchor. They just tied it up, whatever. And they start moving to the other side. Then verse 37. Let me remind you of verse 37 also. But soon, but soon, a fierce storm came up. High winds were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Point number two, what it says. It what? The storm. Wow, he's a good student. So we have heard what he said. Let's go to the other side. Now we're hearing what the storm says. The storm is saying, no, you're not. This storm came up and it started getting into the boat. You see, it's enough that the water is around the boat, but when it starts getting into the boat, that can cause a problem. There are things that are happening in the world, but if it starts happening in the church, that's a problem. And so this storm says, I see you guys are heading my way, and I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you in your tracks. 
The storm was saying, you are not going to make it to the other side. Maybe, maybe you are facing a storm today. I dare say, you are facing some form of a storm today. A storm, what, what storm? Maybe your storm is sickness. Maybe, maybe it's actually cancer. I can speak to that personally. Yeah, sickness, it wants to stop you. Maybe your storm is sorrow. That child or children that you brought into this world in pain is still causing you pain. So you're filled with sorrow. And maybe your storm is sin. Sin, yes. Maybe a habit you're trying to break, but it's actually breaking you. And it's hindering you. It hinders your worship. It hinders your praise. It hinders your participation. It hinders your living because you, you can be alive but not living. Here but only existing because of this storm. So we heard what he said and we heard what the storm said. Then thirdly, what they said. Verse 38. Verse 38 says, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? You can, you can almost see the anxiety shaking in their boots. And you must understand that some of these men are fishermen, professional fishermen. In storms before. But this storm was different from the other storms. Some of you are facing a new storm. You've been through so much. You never thought you'd be going through something like this again. This storm terrified these professionals. They shook Jesus because you know the feeling of Belonging to God, but sometimes he feels like he's far away. Sorry, he's far away. Christ is nowhere present, it seems, in the crisis, in the storm. Have you ever faced one of those storms that shake your world? Shake the very core of who you are. You'll be like, God, where are you? When you pray, sometimes you groan. When you pray, sometimes the, the, the faucet of your, 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 these windows opens up and start pouring down. Sometimes your lip quiver, you can't put into words how you feel. And it wells up on the inside. And you're asking, where are you? So you can almost picture these boys. What are you doing? You're sleeping. Don't you care that we are going to drown? They are looking forward to die. So they shook him. They wake him up. It's like you're waking up your teenage son. The third, third time, was it? The third time? Our daughter. <laughs> the third time. Wake up, wake up. And they said, don't you, don't you care, we're, we're going to drown. The, 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 the thought of Jonah comes to mind, sleeping while a storm. But this was no Jonah. This was Jesus. 
See, when, when the disciples saw what was happening around them, they forgot about who was with them. When they saw what was happening around them, they forgot about who was with them. You see the same storm that's in our culture right now, and sometimes I believe, guilty, we forget who is with us when we see what's happening around us. I know what the government is saying. I don't care. God has already spoken. I know what the, the, the culture is saying. I don't care. God has already spoken. So... The disciples had forgotten who was with them when they saw what was happening around them. Actually, they didn't know who was really with them as yet, but they were going to find out. Because God has a way of using storms or using a bad thing to help them to learn a good thing. So the very storm you're complaining about, the very storm that terrifies you is going to edify you. The very same storm that you thing is going to kill you, is going to strengthen you. The very same storm you think is going to take you out is really going to bring you in closer to God. The very same storm. So a bad thing would help them to learn a good thing. Romans 8, Romans 8. I love this. Romans 8, 28. You know it. New Living Translation though. Here we go. We know, and we know, and we know, and we what? We know, let's try one more time, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. This is so nice, I got to read it twice, I got to read it twice. And we know that God causes everything to work together for good, for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Listen to that. So in your life, because you belong to God, nothing happens to you by accident. Even accidents are no accidents for God. It's so good. Is this recorded? I need a copy. <laughs> nothing happens to the believer by chance. Your steps are ordered by God. As a matter of fact, if the enemy even is going to attack you, he has to get God's permission first. God, may I touch her? May I touch him? May I send cancer to his family? May I allow his children to become wayward? May I allow sickness? May I allow poverty? May I please? And God said, go ahead. So you're experiencing God's go ahead because God got a plan. And he has a purpose. Because when it's said and done, he's going to get the glory. So then, so then, a bad thing can be a good thing if it is a God thing. A bad thing can be a good thing if it is a God thing. I have to say it three times. A bad thing can be a good thing if it is a God thing. Did anybody get that? Do I need to say it again? Oh, you say yes, so I'll get to say again. A bad thing can be a good thing if it is a God thing. So every time you're facing a bad thing as a child of God, it's going to be a good thing because it's a God thing. There's no need to be in denial about what it is. Don't pretend it's not bad. Don't pretend it doesn't hurt. Doesn't, don't pretend it doesn't cause you to think about giving up sometime. Has anyone ever thought about giving up? Yeah. Can I see, may I see your hand? 
Yeah, some of you didn't raise your hand because you have given up. But again, a bad thing can be a good thing if it is a God thing. It's a God thing. So point number four. So point number one, point number one, what? What was point number one? What he said. Point number two, what it said. Point number three, what they said. And then point number four, what's concluded. What's concluded? With, with, with all that said, what's concluded? Let's look at verse 39 to 41 again. It says, when Jesus woke up, uh, when Jesus woke up, um, with all the craziness of the storm and the craziness of the disciples, it almost drove him crazy. So when Jesus woke up with all this craziness, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obeyed him. Verse 40 in the New King James says, but he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So we heard what he said, let's go to the other side. We heard what the storm says, no, you're not. We heard what they said, we're done for, we're doomed. But let's look at the conclusion. Jesus woke, wakes up, and the first thing he did is to inform the storm. So A, the storm needed to be informed of who he is. And you notice now, as soon as Jesus spoke, the, the lake chilled out. You know, be still. Chill out. If Jesus was from the hood, he would say, yo, yo, y'all, chill out. Yeah, relax. Why are you getting so worked up? Because creation identifies the voice of his master and creator. So the lake was acting all crazy. And, and acting up. I have, 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 well, I know you don't have children who act up. But just use your imagination. Yeah, and you need, just need to calm them down. For some of your parents, you've gotten, you're so good at this, you just do the look. Oh, let me do this side, sorry. Yeah, I recall their name, Charlton. That's my name. Yeah, yeah, so he, he, Jesus wakes up and the storm is just, Tossing to and fro, and, and Jesus is doing the wave without trying it. And it's chill out, and the wave just settled down. Then, B, the disciples should have been informed. So, he informed the storm who he was. The disciples should have been informed who he was, so he had to inform them. So, he rebuked them. Yes, amen, thank you. <laughs> who is this? was their question. Who, who, who is this that calms storm? Who, who is this that the wind and the waves obey him? Who is this? Who is this indeed? He said this was Jehovah, Jehovah, uh, Yahweh, who became Yeshua, the God-man, the God who took on flesh to become one of us, to help us. When we couldn't go to where he was, he came to us. He came in his creation, but still had control over his creation who is this? Who is this? Was their question. So notice, Jesus rebuked the storm on the outside, then he rebuked the storm on the inside. 
He rebuked the winds first, then he rebuked his disciples because a storm was raging in them unnecessarily. Not because there is a storm outside, it doesn't mean there needs to be a storm inside. Because if Christ is with you, you can find comfort in the middle of the storm. There's absolutely no way Jesus was going to die in this storm. And if he's with you in your boat, that means you will not die either. You shall not die, but you will live to declare the works of the Lord. See, we moved from a great storm to a great calm to great fear. Great storm, great calm, great fear. Who is this was their question. You see, they had little faith, but they needed mustard seed faith. They had little faith, but they needed mustard seed faith. Many times when mustard seed faith is spoken of, it's spoken of because of its size. When Jesus says you, you, you should have faith like a mustard seed, he's not talking about the size. He's talking about the type. Because if he was going to talk about size, there were other smaller seeds than mustard seed. But among the small seed, when these seeds are grow, none grow bigger than the mustard seed. So that's what they needed, and that's what you need today. It's not so much about the size of your faith, it's about where you place your faith. So if you have a mustard seed type of faith and you place it in Christ, that's it you are going to make it to the other side. That's where your faith needs to be this morning, in Christ, in the face of the storms. Because a faith that's on the shelf means nothing. Anyone can have faith here this morning. Because we're in a control setting and, and everything feels good right now. But what about when you're alone? What about when the storm hits? That's when you need the faith to be planted. A seed on itself means nothing, but a seed planted springs up and brings forth more. So you take the seed, you put it in dirt that you really don't want to be, but that's where you're going to grow. And you plant the seed, bury that seed, and the seed uses its setting and its surroundings to grow. So the seed that's on the cell that looks cute does nothing. But the seed that's planted in dirt accomplishes so much more. So the storm you want to evade, you need it to grow. And to become all that God has predestined you to become. Jesus is speaking to you. And so is your storm. Maybe you're a sinner. Maybe you have not yet surrendered your life to Christ. He's, he's speaking to you. To move to the other side. For you, the other side is faith in Christ. For you, the other side is to come to Christ. And he's saying, get into the boat, we are going to the other side. Move from the sinful lifestyle to a life that is born again. So you can actually see the kingdom of God. Second group is those maybe you started in church or for some reason you turned from God. Maybe you had an experience that caused you to lose faith and to turn from God. So you're just here by ritual this morning. Somebody been bothering you about coming, so you finally came. 
As a matter of fact, when I came up, you asked, how long is he going to take? Is he done yet? Because that's why you came. You just came out of a ritual. He's still speaking to you also. The other side is for you. To come to faith in Christ. To come back to him. To come back to a relationship. You know how empty your life has been. You've been playing the role, but it's been empty. Because no one fulfills you as Christ does. Then third group, you the believers. I'm fine. No, no, you still need to go to the other side. Because you can still mature. You can still grow in your faith on the other side. Don't be satisfied with where you are. He's also speaking to you. And all of this is happening in spite of the storm that was wanting to stop you. The storm wants to stop the sinner from coming to God. The storm wants to keep those who, are, who used to be with God away from God. The storm wants to keep the believer settled and comfortable. But God is still speaking to you in the midst of this storm. And he said, let's go to the other side. Let's go to the other side. See, on the other side really is something marvelous waiting to happen. If you ever read chapter 5, which comes after 4. Would you believe that? 5 comes after 4. Yeah, 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 yeah. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Yeah. But you have to read chapter 5. I won't get into it to understand even clearer the importance of getting through the storm in chapter 4. Because waiting in chapter 5 was a demon-possessed man who was waiting for deliverance. So Jesus wasn't going through the motion of going to the other side. No, he was going through the mo all of this for purpose. Because there's a purpose on the other side of the storm, so we are going to make it through the storm. Because when he got there, you know the story, he delivered this demon-possessed man on the other side. If you, trusted, if you have trusted in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin, if Jesus is your Savior, um, then he is in the boat with you while you are in the storm. Are you fearful because of what you see and hear? Don't worry. Jesus is with you in the storm. You are going to make it by the grace of God to the other so side. He said, God has already spoken. His words cannot change. What he said cannot be unsaid. And he has already spoken. You understand the authority and the power of God's word to create. All that you see, all this handsomeness by the power of God. Delayed. They missed it. <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, I don't care what you say. I know what I know. <laughs> he ain't. I hear you. But I really don't hear you because I'm going by what he says. That was a test, and you, you failed it. So. <laughs> God's word is powerful. He speaks, and it is done. He said, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. Remember being in class, and the teacher calls your name, and you raise your hand and said, here, miss, or here, sir, present. So when God said, let there be light, light said, present. It had to 
respond to his word. That's how powerful his word is. And you do remember when God started everything, what did he start with? Nothing. Let's try this side. This side is going to say. When God started to make the world everything, what did he start with? Nothing. Maybe they can copy your answer. Let's check. When God started to make the world, what did he start with? Nothing. Yeah, they did. <laughs> he started with nothing. So even though you may feel like nothing, you're more than enough for him to work with. The storm doesn't disqualify you. The storm can't even stop. As a matter of fact, the storm is terrified about you. That's why it lies to you. That's why, it lies. That's why the world lies to you, because the world is terrified of you. The very devil is terrified of you. The devil is a liar. So why are you believing him? God has already spoken. And he said, you are going to make it to the other side. And if he says you're going to make it to the other side, guess what's going to happen? You're going to make it to the other side. The storm didn't hear what he says, so you are going to have to inform your storm. Sickness in my body, there's a God who heals. Poverty, my bank account acting funny, God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I'm cast down right now. Speak to yourself. The Lord is a lifter of my head. So you need to speak to your storm and inform your storm because your storm is uninformed. He has already spoken. You're going to make it through your storm. You're going to make it through the storm because he has already spoken. Well, that about wraps it up for today. We hope that today's message was a blessing to you. If you're looking for more information about New River Church, just check us out at newriverchurch.org.